Hello and welcome to another Coleman Had a Dream podcast. I'm here with Ruth. Hello. Bit of a uh, mixed podcast for you tonight. We've got our chat about the Wales-Mexico game, which was obviously over here in Pasadena uh, a couple of weeks ago. But we've also got some interesting comments, both from us and from other people, on the Bosnia and Russia-Wales women's games. We also wanted to mention when this was recorded. Uh, We did this, I think we said the 4th of June. Mm -hmm. So please bear that in mind. Yes, so obviously that was about 10 days after the game. Um, Some of the stuff, uh, for example, there's been some shenanigans over at Real Madrid since. uh, So that'll look a little bit um, off kilter uh, because of the timeline. Uh, And obviously Mexico have paid Germany um, and and got their win there. Uh, So um, we reference that as though it were a future event. Clearly it is now past. Also, obviously, we've had a lot of stuff on Twitter, people saying that nil, uh, that nil nil now looks a good result. Obviously, again, in context, some of the things we've said, only four people started both games. So please bear that in mind when you're listening. Uh, we hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the latest Coleman Had Dream podcast. We are going to be talking about the Mexico game that was held in Pasadena. I'm here with Ruth. Evening. Um, we're going to talk about our general thoughts on the game and then try and be a bit more specific and talk about what seemed some fairly unpopular comments that I made on Twitter as well. So generally speaking, what did you think about the game and obviously the result? I think it was a great event. Um, I think any experience that gets our players playing in front of 70, almost 80,000 people has got to be a positive experience in that sense. I think the result, uh, if this were a tournament qualifying game and we'd gone away to that sort of atmosphere with a crowd like that, to a a country like that ranked above us and come away with a nil-nil draw, we'd we'd have been damn pleased with it and should have been damn pleased with it. My concern, and I think this probably echoes what you were saying on Twitter previously, is that actually that's clearly not the purpose of these last few games. The the last few games have been about building for the Ireland game and then playing the Danes. And and I'm just not sure we're actually addressing what is fundamentally our concern, which is how we're going to score. We're solid at the back. We continue to be solid at the back. We played effectively a second string defence, certainly in the second half some really promising performances there but that's not where our concerns are our concerns are at the other end of the field and did we did we really make any progress at that end and that that's where my concerns are I totally agree with you I, I think depending on your context it's a good result in that yes we a higher ranked team than us defended very very well contained them very very mm-hmm. well but in terms of an exercise I, I, I still maintain I'm not sure what we learned from this that we didn't already know um, the team selection I thought was kind of fairly predictable I think I successfully predicted the entire lineup on Twitter <laughs> pre-game listen to you I know this never happens um, I think the result though wasn't the most important thing that's my big takeaway from it um, and exactly what you said build into the Ireland game and then the Denmark game have we solved our problem about being able to break a team down 
and score goals. I, I don't think we've learned anything that we didn't already know. Um, I think missing Bale and Allen is obviously a big part of that, but if you look at that last game against Ireland, Bale and Allen didn't play in that. So just saying that they weren't playing, I don't think there's a good enough excuse. That has happened before. It happened a, a, a relatively large amount in the last campaign. So I think we should be trying to do something about it. And I didn't feel we did that um, in the game. And I'm not trying to be overly negative. I'm just trying to be realistic. Because what do we say in a couple of months' time if we go to Ireland and lose 1-0? We're still going to be sitting around saying, well, we haven't, you know, was Mexico the right team to play? You know, were we ever going to go there and try and be fluent in attack? No, we weren't. Um, you know, given the absentees we had. So I, I think that it was just a bit that I felt whilst it was a positive result and there were some positives to take, I don't think the whole thing, everyone, you know, I don't think coming out of that raving saying mm-hmm. it was a great exercise, I'm not entirely convinced personally that it was and again that's not to say there weren't positives um my big thing is what do we know about the squad what do we learn about the squad sorry that we didn't already know have you got any thoughts on that i think probably mepham's performance was the the main plus really he looked very assured at the back there and when you consider you know from 15 16 minutes in it was him and Lockyer back there um, I thought they both kept, both looked really good, and then and then and in the second half, we, you only had Davies back there, who was part mm. of what you think of as our regular back four. Yeah. So I think that was really encouraging, and to know that we've got what appears to be some genuine depth in those positions. Um, much as I love Gunter, I think it's good for him to have someone nipping at his his heels. Yeah. Um, and Roberts played well, um, but we would there was just nothing happening at the other end of the of the field. Basically, yeah. you look at our. I think it was two or three shots on on goal at best. Um, we didn't do anything with our corners or our free kicks, and we'll talk about the, the approach with them, I'm sure, in a bit more detail. But when you think how how Wilson was playing, for example, when we were crossing China, and talk, we, we were talking about his delivery was exceptional to, in the, in those games, and you didn't see well there was there was one, yeah. but other than that, you didn't see anything of that. In, in this particular no. game I mean in another positive I think is we, we probably look more organised than Mexico we had a plan which was you know sit a sort of middle to low block and then on the break but then when we were on the break there was just so, such little going on but they were at least they had a plan and they were consistent with that at least it was the, it was yeah. how to um how to engineer a goal from that just still seems to be there seems to be a big hole there still. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and, and and there's no doubt that Allen and Bale not being there d- did make a difference. Um, the big thing I thought from our attacking play was Lawrence. I, I, I thought like he was a little bit wasteful at times in the ball, but equally there was no one really getting up and supporting mm-hmm. him. Um, to go back to what we said, we learnt that we didn't already know. The big takeaways that I saw from some people on Twitter were, I think this, you know, this is the beginning of the end for Ledley. And there's a mm-hmm. gif I saw of someone doing a few step overs and turning him inside out, and he fell over like he tripped over his own feet um, at one point. Um, I and then the other big thing we learnt was 
we have got some decent depth in defence, and I think that was something that started to become apparent a few a few games ago. Um, we couldn't really say much more about Ash, given he only played about twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the new players came on, like Brooks looked exciting. We knew that. The the big thing I thought was Lockyer. I know we've just talked about the defence, but I did think he was the and Mepham obviously, but a Lockyer for me to come in in the last twenty minutes. An untested partnership, and mm-hmm. they did do very well. Um, so that was the, that was the big positive for me. And Connor Roberts looks an, an exciting attacking fullback to challenge Gunter for his spot. Again, did we already know that? I think we did. Um, he still looks like he needs to improve his defensive play. Looked, looked mm-hmm. a bit too keen to get, to go forward at some points without and, and lose the shape a little bit. But you know, he's young. And I, I'm certainly not going to criticise him for that. You know the big thing that the big positive from the game, as I keep saying, was the young players. But in terms of an exercise of what we learnt, have we learnt how we're going to break teams down any better? No, because we didn't get bodies quick enough when we went forward. Vokes look isolated, and to be honest, you know, it was like he had a bit of fifty pence head every time the ball kind of it just kind of seemed to bounce off him a bit, and probably why he got pulled at halftime. Whether that was premeditated or not, I'm not sure, but. Um, there's only one or two moments where we seen, you know, Wilson almost broke into the box mm-hmm. and kind of slightly heavy first touch. But I mean, that was about it. I, I thought. So again, I'm not sure as an exercise in what we learnt that we didn't already know. I, I don't think we gained much. The big thing I, I've, I've kept saying for ages is a plan B. Yeah. Plan A wasn't working quite obviously in terms of an attacking threat, and we didn't have a plan B, and nothing changed. We carried on doing the same thing, and in the end, you know, 15, 20 minutes to go, I get. We're trying to play it out for a draw. I think that's sensible, but nothing changed. The, the, the problems we have mm-hmm. have there wasn't an, a particular attempt. I didn't feel to solve. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much. I mean, we weren't good in possession. It wasn't. You know, you think how we were playing in the Euros, and you know pushing it across the field, pulling their their players out of position and that sort of thing. We weren't doing that. No. We were relying on the break. And then the delivery was so bad. As you said, Vokes was isolated. Um, I mean, I, I felt for Mepham and Lockyer at times getting up for some of those free kicks and then the ball not even making it into yeah. the box. I mean, I'd have been well annoyed. Yeah, in that heat. Um, so I think, I think it keeps coming back to the... I mean, you keep expressing it in terms of what have we learned, but it keeps coming back to me, for me, is that remains our fundamental problem is how are we going to score? We're not in the World Cup because we didn't score enough. Um, We haven't been thrashed in terms of goals we've conceded in a long time. Um, So the issues aren't at at the back at the minute. Um, I mean, six months ago when we started this podcast, I I would have probably said, in fact, I did say that I, I was more concerned about what was happening back there but we, we definitely seem to have found some depth there and found some options um, and we we don't seem to have a plan going forward that's the problem it just seem, we just seem to be relying on the break and we might be able to do that when you've got Bale's speed on one side Wilson's speed on the other side maybe we can do that then but like you say we need we can't keep assuming that the three of them are going to be yeah. there because most of the time they're not yeah. clearly they're not so we've got to have a plan that doesn't rely on that no I totally agree um I mean, we've talked about a few of the young players mm-hmm. there, and I think, generally speaking, they did do very well. I mean, the name, the big names I've written down here are Mepham, Lockyer, Brooks and Roberts, who I all, I thought all did very well. Mm-hmm. The young boy, Matt Smith, who came on um, from the Man City player, yeah. 
I thought he did all right as when we come on. He's not really played any first team football. He wasn't on so. for long. I mean, George Thomas looked busy when he was on yeah. as well. He was he was engaging and, and getting in there, um, but there was just so little happening, particularly yeah. in the second half. Um, we were we were sat back so much in the second half, and and Hennessy yeah, he made some good saves, but some of them were because. They didn't. Fi- they didn't finish well yeah. as well. You know, there was a there was a couple that, that he saved with his legs, which really should never have been in. He shouldn't have been in yeah. a position to stop. Those should have been in the back of the net. So, you know, the the actual result might be a bit flattering as well in that yeah. regard. I mean, I'll come back to the result being like uh, uh, the flatteringness of the <laughs> result. Um, but to stay on the on a positive mm-hmm. uh, uh, train. <laughs> The, the youngsters did do very well, and I do think it shows sign of promise, and that the Welsh way, as we keep talking about, does have a value. Um, and to also give credit to Giggs, and we've, we've said it a couple of times now, but we were worried that he was going to be very first team centric, and, it, and it's proved not to be the case. Perhaps his hand has been forced a little bit, given our absences and pullouts and Ash's injury and so on. He's had to, you know, kind of pull these players through. But he is doing that, and I'm really impressed by that. Yeah. I think that um, that sort of young squad that they had down in the Vale just before the main squad got together and, yeah. and did the day in Wrexham, I think that's a really good manifestation of him looking for, um, looking for a way to create that route in um, so that he, he has... Because in... Because of the nature of how academies and things are organised at the minute, it's actually, often you don't get to see these guys actually really playing much, no. do you? Or certainly not at the level that you need to, to be seeing them at. Um, and so I think those those squad sessions are actually really important where you can do um, a mix of your obvious kind of under-21 tracking through and a few people that are on the cusp, but, you know, they're in their under-23s yeah. for their clubs and that sort of thing. And... Um, and so I think those are important. I think that's a step forward. Something else that impressed me during, during the game was how active he was as a coach on the sideline. No, that's fair. That's right. um, you could see a lot of that, him pulling people over one and having quite detailed one-on-one discussions with, with people whenever there was a break yeah. in play or that sort of thing. There's a lot of that going on. And I thought that was a good sign in terms of his sort of engagement with really analysing the game and pushing and pushing them forward. Um, in terms of what his expectations are now whether we might what we've just been saying we might disagree with quite what those are or what, what they're trying to achieve but at least at least it was an active um, there was an active dialogue going on no, between him and so. the players during the game which I thought was good to see too further positives and or negatives depending on your perspective is the short free kick and corners <laughs> now before we go on further I said I tweeted out at the time I have a fundamental hatred of these because Newcastle did it under Alan Pardew and we didn't score from a set piece uh, from a, for a year. We also didn't score from a corner for 18 months <laughs> because we kept dicking around with these short corner routines. And as a consequence, I hate them because they were so often wasted. You mentioned earlier the players trundling forward and not getting back. And I hate it. And we were sat here watching the game thinking, by the fifth time it had happened, do you know what? <laughs> just put on someone, just chuck it in the box. Worst case scenario, yeah. you know, the keeper comes and gets it. It's still better than what we're doing. Having 
looked back then at a few different things that we've seen on Twitter and read a few articles. Again, further credit perhaps goes to gigs here in, in, in trying something different because Ireland have got a habit of conceding from free kicks and corners, especially kind of routines. And perhaps he was trying to do something there and see if that is something we can engineer. But we did it A, so badly that I don't know what we gained from it. The thing that... I, and I have no... If that's what the plan was, and we were trying to engineer something, I have no problem with that. Good for him for doing some research. Can we implement it in this sort of game? I don't know what Mexico's record are from set pieces. Maybe they have a similar thing as well, so we saw, thought it might work. However, if you just do a short corner or a short free kick, free kick routine every time... It's so easy to defend because yeah. you're so predictable. With a corner, you can go short, long. You can play it to the middle of the box, the front post. You can have a routine setup, but the ball is travelling somewhere. And even if it's a bad ball, someone else can still sniff something out later. Whereas if you pass the ball three yards and someone closes you down, you, you've, you've wasted yeah. your opportunity. Yeah. And at once or twice, I thought you're trying to engineer a better angle and stuff. So whilst I was impressed if that is the case that he's trying to kind of he's done some research and he's trying to go somewhere with it, equally, we surely we need some variation. Yeah, I mean, but that it becomes a tactical asset when it's part of uh, a selection of options, isn't it? If it's if you get into a point where it's all you do, then then. Clearly, the the defense knows what's coming. Yeah. Um, now, ultimately, you're not going to put yourself in that position, are you? You're not. You're, you're going to mix it up. And I think part of the reason, perhaps, we didn't see it being mixed up was was we had so few corners, yeah. we had so few free kicks in the in the um, offensive third of the of the field that you know maybe if it had, perhaps if the balance of play had been a bit more normal, we'd have we'd yeah. have seen more of it. I mean, we had the ball what thirty percent something, the, like, something that. like that a third of the time. Um, so maybe it was it's atypical in that. Perhaps we're com- comparing things that are atypical. And like you say, if there's been some research and you can see that Ireland have a weakness here, then yeah, we should be looking to exploit it undoubtedly. But haven't we all just kind of put our hand up and say, "Hey, Ireland, we've noticed your <laughs> yeah, weakness." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, don't work on it. <laughs> um, so I think we have to be a bit, you know, a bit canny there too. Um, not our specialty, evidently. Um, no. So, but I think it was just frustrating. We had so so little possession. We had so little of the ball to not be getting those crosses, the not crosses into the box yeah. when we could. And when you think how good Wilson's delivery in particular I was just about is, to say that, yeah. then we should be using play to our strengths, yeah. not necessarily play to someone else's weaknesses. Yeah. Because you, you, one doesn't lead one is one doesn't lead to the success of the other. You have yeah. you have to you sh- you've got to go with your strengths first. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, and I, you know, to, to echo what you said there about Wilson, his his short his delivery was so good when we played China and and then Uruguay. It's worth you know you say we didn't have that many. I, I think we had five attacking set piece opportunities in is a combination of corners and mm-hmm. free kicks. One of them's got to go in. Do you know what I mean? One, um, especially when you know his delivery's so good. And you know, there's other players who are capable of delivering a ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like it's just one man. Yeah. So that was a that was certainly a frustration to me, uh, and evidently, <laughs> my frustration apparently boiled over. Um, I wanted to mention 
a few exchanges really that I had on Twitter after the game what would have been four o'clock in the morning in the UK and it was five o'clock in the morning in the UK and about 11 o'clock midnight here um, I was said I was disappointed with our performance and that we still haven't learnt anything in terms of our uh, attacking qualities and I think it's fair to say a lot of people on Twitter disagreed um, I just wanted to make reference to the Barry to the conversation I had with Fez from the Barry Horns just because I said after a lot of back and forth happened that I felt like I needed to kind of express where my disappointment came from my disappointment came from the fact that we drew nil nil and everyone said nil nil Mexico good result the reason we drew nil nil is as much down to our good defending was it as it was down to their wasteful attacking. All of the three, possibly four, glaring chances they had, up until the last touch of someone putting it wide or not finishing effectively, were still mistakes on mm-hmm. our part. Does three three better touches meaning the ball goes in the net? All of a sudden, we lose that game three 0 Is everyone still saying it's a great performance? I'm not sure they are. I think people would be a little bit critical of how we defended, understanding of the circumstance. But you've come away from that game losing three 0 and it could have happened. It wasn't down to brilliant saves or last gap defending. It was poor finishing. So that's something that's nothing to do with us. And I think what I was trying to express through a few beers and confusing that with four four o'clock in the morning tiredness for other people was that I'm not critical but just en masse of how things were and what happened more that the game finished nil-nil because of someone else's deficiencies as much as our successes Mm -hmm. and I obviously didn't express that particularly well I kind of got a bit heated with Fez and you know we've spoken to each other since and kind of sorted everything out Um, but I just wanted to kind of make reference to, to what I was trying to say at the time through sleep deprivation <laughs> uh, and cider. And latterly, speaking to other people then in, in the light of day, I think there was a lot, there was certainly a recognition of the fact that they missed three good chances as much as as much as much yeah. we defended well. And whilst there are, as I keep saying, there are parts of the positives, my negativity came from ultimately short corners and the reason the game finished nil-nil was I, in my opinion, as much down to poor finishing mm-hmm. as it was down to good defending. And again, definitely was good defending. There were definite positives to take. And I thought Mepham, as you said, was excellent and in my opinion was our man of the match. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But it could have been very different and it would have been nothing to do with us. Um was the point I was trying to make. Okay. So a little aside there. Um I wonder whether the fact that we were listening to a commentary that was clearly very pro-Mexico. And so when those chances happened, they were portrayed as a (gasps) near miss. Whereas if you'd have been listening to it from a British commentary, I don't know, but it might have been a... yeah, good save by Hennessy there. Yeah. Whereas actually, it came off his legs, and you know, it, it was, was it was more about a Mexican miss. And no, I just yeah, went whether whether so you know kind of um, what's the word when something seeps in yeah, subliminally? Like, yeah, subliminal. That's it. Then 
that we were actually seeing those chances in a slightly different way because of how they were contextualised. I think that's a fair, that's actually a very valid point. And I think also, from our perspective as well, you're right, all the commentary was talking about Mexico and Mexico's World Cup and how they did dominate the game. Because they did. They mm-hmm. had, like you said, 60-something percent possession. Possibly more. They were, interestingly though, they were they were complementary of the Welsh team in the fact that they felt the Welsh had a system yeah. and the Mexicans didn't. Yeah. Whether they thought it was the right system for us, I think they were on the same page as us. They were, you know, they were, they were um, questioning it. But we did, and I think this is a positive actually, we did have a plan in, like I said, we were sitting in with that lowish block and going on the break. So at least everybody knew what we were trying to do. I think our ability to execute it in the in the attacking third was poor yeah but we at least had a plan and stuck to him that has been our our plan for a while mm-hmm. you know the sit deep and defend mm. and hit on the break and and it has been effective and, and, and in some games like you know we talked about especially in the China game how things were different and yeah. how we mixed up our attack in play and maybe he was you know maybe we you and I are looking at this from the perspective of this was an opportunity to improve our attacking play and Giggs was looking at it as can I still play the same system we have been without Bale and Allen and still be effective so maybe you know there's a lot of ifs buts and maybes and the big thing I do want to say just taking it one more one one step back for a second was that nothing that I said was intentionally you know I wasn't trying to wind anyone up or there was nothing intentionally negative I was just Mm -hmm. passing my opinion and I will say that I was surprised at some of the <laughs> some of the stuff I got back, um, because we're all you know we all want the same thing. Yeah, I don't want to be proved right. <laughs> I'm desperate to be proved wrong. That you know we have got a plan B, and um, you know this did do something to benefit our attacking mm-hmm. play. And I would go and beat Ireland four 0 I, I would I'm absolutely delighted um, for that to be the case. Um, Can I touch on one more positive? It's it really it relates to what you were saying earlier about um, the young players um, but I was reading a stat that of the 23 in our squad 13 of them had less than 5 caps which is incredible really isn't it Yeah. and then Mexico it was completely the reverse 14 of them and had in their squad had 50 caps so you're looking at a very thank you you're looking at a very inexperienced group of lads broadly playing a very experienced team um, and so I, th- I think that does that does kind of give some context to to what was going on as well. Yeah, and like and I, you know, I, I keep saying the same thing. I, I don't think it was a bad mm-hmm. a bad performance or a waste of a waste of no. time or sack the board sort of thing. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I just didn't perhaps whether it's through the commentary or whatever, I just didn't see the the game in the same way and. Uh, you know, to go with that, I expressed, I said to my mate the other day, I can't believe Sane's not gone to the World Cup for Germany. I've watched a lot of Man City over here, mm-hmm. and he said, I've watched a lot of Man City there, and I'm actually not surprised he hasn't gone. I don't think he's been great in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show, it is, you know, it well, is just about opinions, yeah. and it is subjective, and um, it's just one of those things. Um, overall, I think. It was a positive exercise in, as you mentioned there, we got a lot of young players on the pitch, um, a lot of first caps or second caps or early caps. 
we definitely have a lot of defensive depth. Mm -hmm. I would also say that without our magic three being there in full complement, I think we can get away with two out of three being there, but I think when two out of three are missing, I think we do look quite a limited functional team. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that has happened in that game that changes my perspective, my view, sorry, that we, from an attacking perspective, still lack fluency. Agree. I suppose the other thing we can we can say here is about Ashley Williams, who took a hell of a hit, broken ribs, uh, punctured lung at the time, which then led to a collapsed lung afterwards. I think he, we're recording this on Tuesday the 5th of June. And I think on Sunday or Saturday, he was still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not here, but in LA. Fair play to him. He looked proper poorly as well, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't look great. Um, I mean, it's... Because it, it, I don't know you said it was a heavy... It looked fairly innocuous. Though. I mean, when he went down, I think we all at first thought it was knee or ankle, kind of, the way he, his foot locked up on that surface and he went down. Um, but, I mean, it's... It, Shows in some respects it doesn't take much. Yeah. yeah, it was funny though because I personally I thought it was just the way he got contact in that mm. area was the thing. Because it was funny because he had a similar, not similar injury in terms of what the end product, but that impact with Johnny Williams in yeah. the Northern Ireland game, bugging up his shoulder a bit. Mm-hmm. So it's an it's an interesting sort of thing that yeah. those sort of impact things obviously have had a big impact <laughs> on him. Um, and it does. I think it immediately shows that he was he knew immediately he was like proper hurt didn't yeah. he because you, you think what he battled through in that Northern Ireland game and he, clear, he clearly with everything that's happening at Everton wanted to be playing right now yeah. it's not one of those friendlies where he was like oh it's alright I'll just come off yeah. um, so I, I think I think he knew immediately there was something pretty horrible but um, but also interesting that everybody managed to sit on the news for uh, what five or six days until yeah. until he released it the fact that nothing leaked out no one was aware it had been that serious. I thought that was that kind of says something about the um, the group and the and the uh, and the organisation. Yeah, because that must have taken some sorting out. Him being there, presumably there was staff staying with well, him. Christ alive, it was bad enough when I had my shoulder, shoulder dislocation. <laughs> I can't imagine what happens when you get a broke, bro, you know, broken ribs and and, and punctured lung. Mm-hmm. Christ, you'd need more than a Geo Blue card for that, wouldn't you? It's an American-centric joke there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, the big thing I wanted to talk about is my favourite human being at the moment. <laughs> I say at the moment, it has been for a while, Mr Gareth Bale. I watched the game here in a crappy Irish bar that's full of, sorry Americans, but Americans who seem to have absolutely no idea what was going on, just yelled a lot. Um, and when that goal, when, when Bale came on, I was properly like, this is what we're all here to see. There we go. Now, now it's a party. And he came on and scored. And I just jumped up and just was just like yelling and shaking. Just, I, it was a genuinely <clears throat> one of the best goals I've ever seen. Obviously, Hal robson Carnes is <laughs> the, goal. the best goal of all time. <laughs> but this was... A close second. Mm-hmm. I Alan Shearer's goal against Everton, a lovely little volley, um, is one of my favourite goals of all time. But I think this has even beaten that. <gasps> um, 
the reason we mentioned Bale obviously is that his reaction and what was said after the match mm-hmm. he wanted to very clearly make the point that he was pissed off that he didn't start and that he felt he should have mm-hmm. and he's look you know he will speak to his agent about maybe looking for a new home mm-hmm. for next year but of course since then <laughs> Zidane has gone yeah so does that change his opinion or his situation do you think I, th- I think it probably does because I think I think if you were on the f- if, if you were on the fence about moving you you want to particularly at the minute because you don't even know who's coming in you know if you if you could if you could see a a manager coming in who you knew might just want more of the same then maybe that maybe you'd jump at that point but right now why would you you'd want, you'd wait and see what What's was going up, on yeah. um, one little aside that struck me about the comments in the interview was as well as having a dig at Madrid I wondered whether he was kind of making a point to his agent because only four or five weeks ago Burnett in an interview with ESPN said you know Gareth loves Real he loves being there Real love him they're not going anywhere and within the month you know he's making such a public statement about oh we've got to evaluate got to talk to talk to my agent talk to the team so I thought it was interesting that clearly it was mostly a dig at Madrid but I wonder whether there was also a way of putting in a very public environment that meant that his agent couldn't say those sort of platitudes of he's happy at Madrid any longer because Bale had been so public and forthright about the fact that he clearly wasn't Um, so I just wondered whether there was a little undercurrent of that as well I can see that um, um, but right now, I think he should just sit tight and find out what's going yeah. on. And to be honest, if he does move anywhere, I'd be desperate not for him to move to the Premier League. Um, I think the physicality and and everything that goes with the way the Premier League is, I just don't think it would suit him anymore, no. given his injury problems. And I think if he's going to go anywhere, personally, I'd love to go and see him go to Bayern Munich, uh, where he, I think, would be loved. I think he'd be their star man, yeah. with Robin and Ribery coming to the end. I think he would be only. I think he would only be stretched, you know, X amount of times per season. Mm-hmm. He could play within himself, but still deliver for the rest of the time. And I think depth-wise, I think Bundesliga is probably a bit deeper depth-wise than um, La Liga, in my opinion. But I still think he would still have a challenging enough way of life there. He'd be the main man, which I think is ultimately what he wants. Mm-hmm. And I think he, even if you're playing a full season there it's not as busy as a British season or a Spanish season is it they have a they have a proper winter break yeah. they really do stop um, so even playing every game or most games there you're not as busy yeah. I think of the clubs in the Premier League the ones that can afford him I think he'd, in some respects he'd be moving to a very similar environment where he's pushing for his place Um the one I don't think he would be pushing for his place with Man United because I think he could play on the right or the left and they could move Sanchez or someone else around and I think he'd be better there than Martial or Rashford or Mata. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Equally. But would, but would you want that system? I, I definitely wouldn't want him to play in that environment but equally the thought of him going to Manchester United would be with absolute <laughs> dread. So I'm just discounting that from my mind. Um on the basis that 
we have asked for Joe Allen to go to Newcastle, mm-hmm. and there has been lots of chat around that happening. <laughs> that, therefore, that says to me that Rafa Benitez or Joe Allen probably do listen to this. I, <laughs> okay. I can see no other way that that would have come about. Undoubtedly. <laughs> I reckon either one of those two people has probably said to Balo, oh, this is a good podcast, you should listen. So, Gareth... <laughs> By the same logic, if Rafa listens, if you're listening, don't go to Man United. Don't do it to yourself. Um, It'll make all the difference. I think that's it. <laughs> when he listens to this, he will. He'll, he'll. He'll be straight on the phone to his agent. Graham Potter, touch on that briefly. Yeah, we we, we during the podcast with Fraser, mm-hmm. we also talked about Graham Potter being the the new Swansea manager that looks like it's going through the yeah. agreed terms and whatever you call it with Ostersons so I think that again you know I, I tweeted about it the other day I think it'd be a, it's a great yeah. signing for the Swans and it really is in the mould of, of Swansea yeah. managers gone by where they've kind of been a bit plucked from somewhere point to prove good footballing philosophy got a, a, back, a track record of kind of improving players and getting the most out of them yeah. I mean uh, the only thing I would say is that Ostersons is a fairly stress-free footballing environment and I think you can afford to fail and make a few mistakes and pick yourself back up and go again and I don't wish to detract from the achievement of going from the fourth tier to the first tier as he has with them but there's, I think a certain expectation will be at Swansea next year is they certainly expect to be challenging for the playoffs I don't think any Swansea fan would expect them to lose the players they're probably going to lose and go for automatic promotion. But I, I, I'm sure there'll be an expectation to to at least be challenging for yeah. playoffs next year. And I said it. I would. I, I said it to Fraser, and I'll say it again. I worry that they're going to do a, what Sunderland did, and really struggle with the loss of all their players, and perhaps. You know, if we get to January and it, it, you know, it isn't looking good for him, is he going to get the time to turn it around? I appreciate this is a long way down the line now, but I think Swansea, if they're going to give him the job and, and everything else, they need to yeah, give him the time that goes with that. Agreed. That's that's my concern. You've you've got to you've you've made a move that speaks of having some longevity and some purpose and some plan and and some progression, doesn't it? And if that's what you're looking for, then you've got to you've got to let that happen. You've yeah. got to let that have the at least have, to have the time to happen. Uh, so I think I agree with you. I think that's what, that's what they're going to be mindful of. Overall, though, a positive. Mm. I think it's a really interesting appointment. Yeah. So next up, we have a collection of recordings from different people who went to the Wales women's games against Bosnia and against Russia. Thank you to everyone who took part in them and congratulations especially to Seren who predicted that Wales would beat Russia 3-0. I think I need to take a few more betting tips from you in the future. After that, Ruth and I discuss the games ourselves. Uh, We talk about the impact that this is having on women's football in Wales and what might happen next as Wales inch closer to qualifying for the World Cup uh, ahead of their final group game against England.
Well, hello. I'm here with Saren and uh, we're here to talk about the match tomorrow with Wales v Bosnia. So, Saren, are you excited for the game tomorrow? I am. Yeah? What are you looking forward to the most? Being with my family and watching the girls hopefully win. Yeah? Who are you going with? Who's coming with us this time? Auntie. Yeah? You managed to convince her to come? Yeah. Are you excited for Auntie to come? I am. Yeah? So what part of the match are you looking forward to the most? Mm. You excited to see the girls play again? Yes, I am. I'm excited to see Laura and O'Sullivan save every goal. Is she going to save all the goals? Yes. Yeah, she's going to keep a clean sheet? Yep. So what do you think the score's going to be then? Um, Who do you think's going to win? Three to Wales... You think Wales are going to score three? What do you think yes. about Bosnia? Do you think they're going to score? No. No? So you're going to think it's going to be 3 0? Yes. Who's going to score? Um, Jess Fishlock. Do you think? Yeah. All three? Or do you think somebody else might have a go as well? Maybe someone else. Mm, maybe somebody else. Oh, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so you're going to let us know. We'll have another chat then after the match tomorrow, is it? Yeah. Yeah? So anything you'd like to say to the girls? tomorrow good luck and be happy be happy excellent thank you saren you're welcome say bye bye so saren one nil what do you think of the game i thought it was really good all the players did well who was who do you think was the best player who was your favorite player of the match number nine kaylee green number nine yeah she was really good i think she was my player of the match as well yeah, so we're pleased with a 1-0 fin- uh, result? Yep. Yeah, do you think they're going to do well now on Tuesday? Uh, definitely. Oh, fab. Should we have another chat before the, uh, before the match on Tuesday? Yes. Yeah? Great. So I'm live from the Liberty Stadium car park where we're not allowed out. Alan, what did you think of the game? All in all, I thought they played very well against a very, very frustrating team. Um, I think they dominated the game from start to finish. It's just a shame that they didn't execute the final stages of some really great goals. A huge shame that they didn't score the penalty, but all in all, a very handling uh, performance by the team. And I hope they're going to do well against Russia on Tuesday. Steve, what do you think of the game? I think we were in control from pretty much the fifth minute to the 85th minute. Um, it's a shame we couldn't have perhaps got one or two more goals. Uh, the moves, the odd move just didn't quite come off, but it was deserved in the end. Bit, bit nervy at the end, but then it's Wales, it's always nervy at the end. So. Now with Steve Austin. Steve, what was your views of the game? Um, well... I, th- I mean, I'm, I'm really pleased we won. I, I kind of, I felt that there were one or two opportunities that we really should have, you know, uh, put away. Kind of Jess's chance in the first half and the penalty, obviously, in the second. But, you know, it's three points. We go into Russia and uh, and hopefully, if we can put that away on Tuesday night, then then it's that big game against England. And and you know, I mean, after the performance in Southampton, who knows? The one thing for me is that I missed the first 15 minutes of the game here. I missed the first 20 minutes of the game against Kazakhstan. I'm now thinking I'm going to have to turn up to Spitty Park on Tuesday at least 15 or 20 minutes late because I think you definitely should. that's now an omen. That's now a thing. I even missed the first five minutes of the second half as well. You, you have got a good form on this. And yeah. to be fair, I missed the first 
like 15, 20 minutes of the game against Kazakhstan as well. And I didn't make it into the ground tonight for kickoff. So, you know, maybe this is... Uh, maybe this is the thing. Maybe, maybe this is the thing. Maybe, we just rock up late. Maybe in the semi-final in France, kind of in a year's time, we all turn up 20, 25 <laughs> minutes late. And actually, that's the way we beat our semi-final hoodoo in France. This is it, guys. This is it. I think this it. is the plan. This is the way forward. Thanks, Steve. So... We've got Wales v Russia tonight. What do we think? Are we going to do well? Yep. Yeah, you think so? We've got a score prediction. 3-0 to Wales. 3-0? That's yep. asking a lot. I know. Do I you... think the girls can do it. Do you think? Yes. Who do you think is going to score? Kaylee Green, number nine. Kaylee again? She scored yes. against Bosnia. Do you think she can score again tonight, do you? Yes. Yeah? You looking forward to going to Newport? I am. Yeah, they've sold out. What do you think of that? Very well. Yeah, we're going to make lots of noise. Yes. Okay, so you want to come and have a chat about it later on? Yeah. Yeah. All right, then we have a chat after the match, yeah? Yep. Okay, see you tomorrow. Right, it's Medley Port Cricket Club, which is next door to Spitty Park. And I'm with Colin and I'm with Dan. So, how do you think the campaign's gone so far? Um, yeah, yeah, it's still going really well, you know. Um, you know, another win today, keep pushing up. Uh, one win away, and then England bringing on. Excellent, Paul. It's gone really well, really well. Um, they look they like haven't conceded a goal. Uh, yeah, That's amazing, well, isn't it? It is. They look like they've got a togetherness, which the men's team had in Euro 2016. They yeah. look like everyone is putting it in. The big game, obviously, is tonight. Get something tonight, and then everything's on the last game and it doesn't really matter how they're going to win tonight they've just got to win exactly. simple as that doesn't and, matter and do you think we are going to win tonight 1-0 excellent One who nil. do you think is going to score <laughs> Kayleigh Green again Ooh. Ward Ward yeah, that'd, that'd be, be amazing Ward. wouldn't it I think it'd be Ward extend her goal scoring record yeah, I think it'd be Ward tonight it doesn't matter if it goes in off a defender an own yeah. goal anything just win just yeah. win and set up that last game and then get that lot down here and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're a bit afraid of us now after the game in Southampton. They're not going to think that we're the walkover that they did think we were. Well, never a walkover. They just believe they're better than they are, don't they, let's be honest. Yeah, they do. Dan, how do you think it's going to go tonight? 3-0 uh, Wales. That's a very, very optimistic scoreline. Get yeah, down the bookies now, it's going to happen. Exactly. Yes. Two quid. Excellent. Nice one. Thank you, boys. No, thank you. So I'm still at Newport Cricket Club. I'm with Ian now. Ian, how do you think campaign's gone so far? Obviously, we've now we're three quarters of the way through. Played six games. Um, we haven't conceded a goal yet. I mean, that's phenomenal at any level of football, yeah. but especially at you know international level here. Um, yeah, I think everyone remembers you know sort of how fantastically well um, you know the defence and Laura Sullivan played in the game against England. Um, I think the you know we have of course only been scoring you know one goals we need a lot of one nil yeah. wins. Um, I think that really means that um, tonight will will again be be very tight. You know um, yeah. you know so we saw the one nil win. Um, you know, last week against against Bosnia, um, Russia were beaten uh, by England last week. Hopefully, that you know, just playing these two games right, actually will will we'll, we'll tie them out a bit. With the travelling, uh, the, the travelling yeah. here to you know to, to, to Newport. Um, so, I mean, fingers crossed. And what's important is, you know, as with any any foot match, is that uh, we we don't concede first of all, yeah. get the points. Uh, and if we can, you know, make sure that we get that that you know that another home win, then that'll set us up um, big time for the game against England in August. So, yeah. you know, fingers crossed for uh, you know another clean sheet and a goal at the other end. Absolutely. And do you, what do you reckon tonight? One 0 
If you look at the history of the campaign so far, 1 0 we'll to the I'll take 1 0. Brilliant, thank you. So, with Ang Harrod now, um, how do you think the campaign's gone? Um, I'm, I'm really happy with how it's gone so far. I think it's exceeded our expectations from the beginning of the tournament. We've grown and grown in confidence. Yeah. Um, and the performance last last week was, I thought it was a brilliant performance. Created loads oh, of chances. Standard. Yeah. Um, easily could have won by by more, but um, I think Russia be a tougher task tonight. Um, but I would expect maybe a draw. At least, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. How do you do? You think that's what it's going to be? Do you think it's going to be a draw? Um, or do you think, think we can sneak it again? I think we could take a draw, um, but obviously yeah. I'd like to get the win. So um, let's be positive. Let's, yeah. let's go for the win. Yeah, we'll go for a win. Excellent. Thank you. Wow. What a match. What do you think of tonight's game? It went really good. <laughs> what was the score? 3-0 to Wales. Remind us of your score prediction. What did you say before? 3-0 to Wales. 3-0 to Wales. <laughs> who, who was the scorer? Who did, who did you predict to score? Kaylee Green, number nine. And who scored? Kaylee Green, number nine. Twice. Twice. <laughs> she was amazing. She was. So dare I ask who your player of the match was? Hmm... I don't know, maybe Kaylee Green. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. Twice in a row. She did really, really good. Yeah. Do you think? What do you think of the other girls? They did absolutely amazing. Best performance so far. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Was really good. Do you think we're all ready now for England? With a bit of hard work, I think we could do it think we could beat England yes yes top of the group what do you think of that amazing <laughs> amazing you haven't stopped smiling have you no no that's excellent so well done score prediction was 3-0 and the score was 3-0 so excellent <laughs> we'll perhaps try again for next time yeah see if we can get Maybe. your score prediction yeah yeah oh that's awesome thanks for talking to me you're welcome. Bye. Right, sum up that game for us. Another clean sheet for Wales and the three points. One more win and we're off to France. How's that? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Seven clean sheets in a row, as we were proudly singing. Um, fantastic. 3-0. We always beat Russia 3-0. Yeah, we do. Lewis, would you say that was a replica of Toulouse? Yeah, you'd have to do a lot. Goal, a dodgy finish, tidy by, followed by a tidy finish, and a free against Russia. That's what they love. Brilliant. We are Dominic, and we are Dominic. We are Dominic, and we are Dominic. We are Dominic, and we are Dominic. I hope you enjoyed listening to all our interviews from Seren Nicola and Hayley from Fee Wales, amongst many other people. So thank you to everyone who's contributed. It was difficult for us, shall we say, to watch the games here. So we've only seen bits and bobs um, of the two matches ourselves, which is why we wanted to make sure we've got some commentary, so to speak, from other people. First of all, what is your reaction to two brilliant results? Well, they're exactly that, aren't they? Two yeah, brilliant exactly. results. I think... Um 
just the momentum that's building and the excitement and the, the crowd down in Newport and just the whole thing. It's, it really feels like the strides that are being made about the women's games, just such positivity and such... I mean, you look at the scenes after the game yeah, exactly. and just the kind of the love that that team have for what they're doing. It's just wonderful to see. And, I, you know, I, I, I can't imagine I was the only one that watched that um, compilation oh, that, that, was so that, that FA Wales put out. I think all of us on Twitter were commenting about, you know, there wasn't a dry eye in the yeah, house. Exactly. But it was amazing. And I just love the energy and the hoil and the, and the joy that they and the crowd and everybody are taking from this is wonderful I totally agree with you I think looking at this from a wider picture is is vital I think not just for the progress of women's football but just football in Wales in general and the amount of people Sarah and being a perfect example there who is now super excited about every Wales game for the women um, also looking at other people around that as well everything is growing at the minute in Welsh mm-hmm. football absolutely everything and more people want to go and watch games. More people want to know about the 21s and the 18s and the development squads and the you know, the South Wales representatives at that region's kept thing. Everyone wants to know about everything to do with Welsh football at the minute. And I think that's great. The, the big thing that stands out for me was I remember going through games when the men qualified for the for year 2016. There was a, a few games and a few moments where I thought, oh my God, this is actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I remember specifically the Wales-Cyprus game when Bale scored that header watching it here um, and just going crazy it was that moment of like oh my god this this actually may happen now and I feel like th- those these two games were that sort of moment if you like I think the the Bosnia game was a bit of bit of a battle yeah. a little bit attritional um, good good finish from Kayleigh Green for the goal and then Russia from what I've seen of it we've blew them away pretty much we were clinical we were aggressive we were strong everyone worked as hard as as they always have so I feel like this is a real moment for them I've seen countless things on Twitter as well about people who want to go and everything else have you talked to Alan about uh... I'm I'm just trying not to count my chickens I've (laughs) been there too many times Dave I'm just like I'm not I haven't put anything down on paper yeah um, because I'm just I'm too nervous yeah and there's there's a really difficult game ahead. Yeah, one really difficult game. Before we before we get to that, um, a word for Jess Fishlock, who got given her MBE this week. The whole honours thing is something that is completely and utterly wasted on me. I, I will admit, but uh, I think it is worth recognising what she has brought to Welsh football. But obviously the LGBT community, which obviously was part of the the award for her. So I think. She needs to. She gets huge credit, and obviously the the reaction that it had from every player um, who we saw on Twitter um, was fantastic. I also think it's great to see the impact that this whole thing is happening on the players in the wider picture. Obviously, there were. I saw Kaylee Green's got a move. Yep, Ingles moved to Chelsea. So the Ingles moved to yep. Chelsea, uh, and there's a lot of other stuff I've I've heard knocking about as well. So a real movement just overall and a a real big impact this is all having Um, looking at the England game what are your thoughts? (laughs) I don't want to get like I'm sure we'll do a proper preview nearer the time but well we've got to we've got to go out to win it I think because I think if we go out 
thinking that a, a draw is enough and that will be in second. And, you know, we've all been in those positions where you think a playoff is going to be all right. But yeah. then I haven't, I'll confess, I haven't looked too much at who the other second place teams are likely to be. But yeah. when you consider how few qualifiers there are, there's got to be some strong teams yeah. in, those, in those other second place positions. So I think we've got to go out for the win and approach it somewhat differently than we approached the Southampton game. Because we rode our luck, as well as we played in that, we did ride our luck a little bit as well, in, uh, particularly the latter half of the second half. Um, so I think I'd like to see them approach it a bit more like the Russia game and a little less like a mirror like image game, yeah. of, the, of the, England, the first England game. The only thing that worries me about that, though, is that England also have to yeah, go, for c- go for it. And I, and I think you look at the statistics in the build-up to this, uh, amazing to me that we haven't conceded a goal. So that's obviously where our strength and our foundation is. So I can't see us coming out and you know, doing anything other than the way we played against England Southampton. But the only thing that, again, I, kind of struck me about the Russia game was that was also the first time that we've scored more than one, one goal, which is equally an astonishing stat, honest, astonishing stat. Maybe this is like a whatever we're trying to do going forward is maybe is trying to and is finally clicking. Right? Yeah, maybe. Um, I think we've got to go into the game playing for a draw, hoping to nick one on the break, hoping we can win it one 0 and this be the. The, the Belgium game in, mm-hmm. in our qualifiers for year 2016 where obviously we won 1-0 but I think overall we've got a great chance and I know what you're saying about the playoffs and mm-hmm. cynicism and <laughs> you know which has been well earned <laughs> but uh, yeah I think this is a real moment for us and women's football in general and I think I think we're going to beat England 1-0 which has just ruined it for everyone. <laughs> and my, my gambling skills are not good. I tipped Peru to be the dark horse of the Men's World Cup and they lost their first game with a penalty. That's what I think. Okay. What about you? Um, I've got the horrible feeling it'll be a very tense draw. And then the playoffs. Which will be enough for England, I think, the way the, the, way the group stands at the minute. And then we'll be off to the playoffs. So, looking at the possibility of the playoffs, at the minute, which is quite funny when you look at the teams here, the teams in second position are Germany, Denmark, Norway and England. However, (laughs) this this is where these permutations get great. We are guaranteed of second place. We will, come what may, be in that position. And also, it's worth noting that... But are we in a good enough second place? Something miraculous would have to happen. As things stand, we've got 17 points. Right. And the second place teams at the moment have 12, 12, 12 and 10. Mm-hmm. So we play England on the 31st of August. England play Kazakhstan on the 4th of September. So they still have to go to Kazakhstan and win, which you'd fully expect yeah. them to do. Um, it does make the, the second place thing a little bit, bit more different then. Um... I think ultimately, as things stand, I can't see us not being one of the four best second place teams, only because other people beneath that, Scotland have nine points, Austria have seven points, Belgium have seven points. Um, And 
Belgium and Austria can pretty much only get in via the playoffs. They are not still in contention to win their groups. Scotland are assured of second place in their group. Okay. Um, so there are still kind of a lot, a lot of ifs, buts and maybes. But for us to come second and not qualify for the playoffs mm-hmm. at this point would require all the teams below us to win all of their games and everything to go for them and nothing to go for us. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident mm-hmm. at this juncture that we would get into the playoffs if nothing else. I mean, equally then, we're looking at playing as things stand. Germany, Denmark, Norway, Scotland, Austria and Belgium. And looking at the, the, the seedings, when this whole thing started, the qualifying campaign thing started, Germany were ranked as the best team in Europe. Um, Norway fourth, Austria 13th, so pretty much around about where we are at the moment. And the Scots, they were ranked 11th. So uh, if it does come to it, it would be a very... You know, two tight games there. I think. I think I think we get a bit ahead here again because we've got to get through that right. game with England. But assuming assuming we don't win that game, like you say, there's every chance that we'll be in a second place playoff. But that could be pretty tough. Looking at those, looking at those. Yeah. That's why I think, in some respects, we might as well go for it in the England game because, particularly if, if it's looking at that point, like we're we're okay for a, a second place playoff place. And, we're, and it's, we're not going to be scuppered somehow by going down 3 0 or something, yeah. you know, we had goal difference. Then, in some respects, we might as well go for it and try and get that, yeah. that automatic yeah. qualification because it sounds like we're going to be in a tough place in Either the playoff way. anyway. No, I, I mean, I think there's an element of I think there's, there's only so much gung ho-ness we can do. But um, I agree with you. I think we're in a great place. I think we have a lot of quality. The back, I think we have, uh, we carry a threat going forward. So hopefully, this will all go well. Thank you for listening to our mixed podcast today uh, from the Mexico game, talking about Gareth Bale and, of course, the Wales women, which we, who we are all very, very proud of and impressed with. Thank you to everyone who's contributed to this podcast as well. We are very, very grateful, and we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>